on me because I think I'm the only guy in the world that has to go up to the Forest Service to get a, a permit to cut ear hairs, you know, be, be, because they, they grow so long. But that's just, that's just, I think, his way of kind of keeping me in my place. But today, yeah, I, I just, I just kind of want to talk about everyday Christians today. Uh, we're so busy, we're so caught up in the end, in all the great, which, which there's nothing wrong with the, the great supernatural gifts, but I think the Lord takes more glory in just everyday Christians than, than, than we realize, and I think I, I will be able to prove that today. But before we go any farther, I better, we better pray so that, that the Lord will, I hopefully, use the words that I say to reach somebody and maybe even reach myself. So... So, Lord God, I do thank you for this day, and I, I thank you that it is a beautiful day at that. Uh, Lord, uh, just use the words to encourage and to help us as we go about our normal life, and, and just help us to all look for the day when we get to be with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a lot of you know that I like to talk about, about things in space and things that are really large. And so I, I got to give you a few things today that are, that are like that. Uh, you know, we have a real, really big, big God, but he cares about each and every one of us individually. How that works, I have no clue. But that, that's why he's God and I'm not. But, you know, our earth is about, oh, about 7,900 miles in diameter, which, you know, that, that seems like for us, that'd take quite a while to walk that, if we could, but... That's really not very big as far as space goes. And the nearest thing that we have that's really big is, is our sun. And our sun has a diameter of about 865,000 miles, which that's a lot bigger than we are. As a matter of fact, our sun could hold about 1.3 million of our Earth. You know, and God put that up there, believe that. You know, that's just, that just, just blows my mind when he does that kind of stuff, but, but you know, as far as stars goes, our sun is actually pretty small. It's actually considered a yellow dwarf. Now, I don't know how they figure that, but, but that, that's what they, they consider a yellow dwarf. Well, up until a couple of years ago, they, they thought that uh, Canis Majoris was the, the biggest star out there, but, but I guess scientists somehow or another determined, well, that one's really not the biggest out there that we know of. But there, there's another candidate out there that they call UI Scuddy. Now, don't look at your smartphones. You guys are probably better at that than I am. You know, I have to carry a dumb phone because I'm not smart enough for those other ones. But uh, this UI Scuddy, uh, when, we, when we talk about size of stars, well, you take, uh, you take well, that diameter in half, and, and so that's about 432,000 miles. Well, that's what they call a solar radius. Well, this, this UI study has what they believe to be a solar radius 1,706 times that of our sun. Now, think about that. That is just, that's just absolutely awesome. And not only that, but that thing could fit 5.1 billion of our suns in it. Now, you, you thought I was going to say our Earth, didn't you? But, but no, it's our sun. So that's, I mean, that's just exponentially huge. And yet, God created that as well. There's also a spot in space where the, the Hubble telescope, uh, they, they picked a spot where they couldn't see any stars at all, and so they, they pointed this, 
just Hubble at this spot for, oh, it was, it was like a couple of weeks that it took him to, to gather in the light of this spot. And, and just to kind of put it in perspective, this place out in space, if you were to hold a grain of sand at arm's length, that's about the amount of space that was being covered by that spot. It, it's, it's, I mean, that it just seemed like nothing. But lo and behold, after a couple of weeks, they come back with a photograph of this thing, and there's over 10,000 galaxies alone in just that little area. Ten, over 10,000. And so they, they, uh, they, they raise the estimate from, from 2 billion to 2 trillion galaxies. Now, now you've got to take this with a grain of salt because most of these guys still think we came from frogs. You know, so, so you, know, you, you just, just take it for what it's worth. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, but that, nonetheless, we still, I mean, our sun is actually pretty big. That's close enough that we can get a pretty good idea what the size is. And so... We, we have a really awesome God in a really big, big area. With that in mind, uh, talking about everyday Christians, you know, most of us, most people that we meet in this world are just, they're, they're, looking, to, they're looking for fame and glory. You know, they, they, just, they, just, they just, just strive for that fame, glory, maybe the wealth and riches that this world has. And... You know, kind of the examples I think of, well, just take, take a look around you right now, and does, does anybody here gamble at all? Does anybody, you know, I, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't really gamble, but if you, if you look around this sanctuary right now, I'll bet you a dollar. <laughs> I'll bet you a dollar that in a hundred years, none of us will be here. <laughs> if, if the Lord delays, I'll bet you a dollar. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. My, my kids are, are 32, is the oldest. Well, you know, 100 years, he's not going to be here. And, and as much as I love my grandson, the odds are against him making it to 108 or 110. So he's probably not going to be here in 100 years. But, you know, it, it doesn't even really take that long. Just off the top of your head, who won the Super Bowl 27 years ago? Okay, right there. I mean, it, how much, how much, how fleeting is fame and glory here, you know? But but with the with the thought that that like our kids, grandkids, you know, maybe maybe our great grandkids might remember us here, but once you get beyond that, you're you're pretty much forgotten in this in this world the way this world goes. But you know what? You won't be forgotten with the Lord. We're not forgotten by Him. Uh, you know, the, like like President Trump, there's a there's a name that everyone knows. I mean, he he's got a lot of fame and glory at this point. But in a hundred years, somebody's going to talk about President Trump, and somebody's going to go, "Well, who is that?" You know, and then, well, he's the president of the United States. Well, what's the United States? Because, well, you know, the way things are going, a hundred years. I don't know if we've got another hundred years the way this country's headed. You know, then you got people like Tom Brady who's probably going to be the, you know, go down as the greatest uh, quarterback in NFL history. But 100 years from now, somebody's going to talk, well, you know, Tom Brady, he was the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Well, who's Tom Brady? Well, what's the NFL? You know, because I don't, I don't think that's going to last either. So what I'm kind of getting at is that, that really what we strive for here 
you know, it, it's, I, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, when I, when I go to work, which I, I work for the city, and, and uh, the last thing I'd want to hear at the end of the day is, oh, Chuck, you know, you just did a really lousy job today. And, and you just go and say, oh, thank you. I'm just a low-down, dirty dog. You know, not, well, you know, no, nobody wants to hear that stuff at their job. We all want to hear, well, you know, you did a good job today. Thank you. Thank you. You know, but, but if that's what you live for, that's going to pass real fast. It, it just is. It's going to pass real fast. But there's some, uh, let, me, let me get into some scripture here because whatever you talk about, you better back it up with scripture. Because this, this, this book here, now he didn't promise to, to preserve the English language, but he did promise to preserve his word. And uh, his, his, his word's pretty, pretty powerful. And it, it speaks to us today. If, if you need to know what to do, well, you know, go to his word. You know, you have to, if you're in it long enough, and you read the word long enough, I guarantee you, that at some point it's going to read you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it will. You, you won't know it's coming, but, but all of a sudden you're like, wow, that's speaking to me. Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but here in Ephesians uh, 6, verses 5 through 8, now this, this, this I'm reading from the Common English Bible, but it says, as for slaves, now, now we, could, we could substitute slave for employee here just as easily. Um, <laughs> Well, well, really, that's, that's, I, I think that's really the modern name for slave is employee. But, but as for slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling, with sincere devotion to Christ. Don't work to make yourself look good and try to flatter people, but act like slaves of Christ, caring about God's will from the heart. Serve your owners enthusiastically as though you were serving the Lord and not human beings. You know that the Lord will reward every person who does what is right, whether that person is a slave or a free person. Those are pretty powerful words. But you know, that's, that's not where I'm going to stop because I have some examples of people that, you know, they don't really get a lot of, uh, they don't really get a lot of press, you know, as far as Scripture goes. They, uh, they're, they're people that we, we know about, we read about on occasion in there, but, but they don't get the glamour that, that, say, maybe like Paul or John or Peter get. But you know what? They're, just, they're, they're important. And I think they give us examples as, as to how we can reach our community and to reach those that we're sitting next to, maybe even reach a, a little 8-year-old grandkid that's living in my home. I, just, I mean, just, just ways that we can reach people without even knowing it. But the first person that I came across, and, and he's just kind of a, I, I just really love, I, I just love this guy's story because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of staying in the background as often as I can, but, but sometimes people drag me up to the front. Uh, I, you know, I kind of like that, but I like being in the background. It's kind of fun to do this too, you know, but it, it's, I'm sure glad that we have a pastor that does it full time. I'm, I'm really glad for that. But here in, uh, in John chapter 1, here's, here's my first guy that I really like. His name is Andrew. And in chapter 1, verse 35, it says, now this is, this is the next day John was standing, that's John the Baptist, was, was standing again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus walking along, he said, look, the Lamb of God. 
The two disciples heard what he said, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he asked, What are you looking for? They said, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? He replied, Come and see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two disciples who heard what John said and followed Jesus was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. He led him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Now, there's not a lot written about Andrew But you know something, that to me is a pretty good testament right there. Uh, Personally, I I would almost have to say this could be the first uh, soul winner that we see in in Scripture. Uh, You know what, he simply brought somebody to Jesus. Now, I can't save anybody. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't save you, but... But, you know, I could, I could definitely bring, bring my grandkid to Jesus, and he'll let him do the saving. You know, and, and Andrew probably really didn't realize what he was doing, but he was used by God. Now, what would happen if uh, maybe Andrew hadn't done that? Uh, I mean, would, would Peter have been the person that we think he is, you know, through Scripture and, and what he is now? Well, maybe, but, but you know, God chooses to work through in, in, imperfect people to bring about his perfect plan. But here, Andrew is just a, he's a quiet, he's what I would call an everyday Christian. You know, not, not a lot is known about his ministry after, after the ascension and everything, and yet uh, I'm, I'm sure that God, the Lord has considered him faithful throughout history. And that one of these days, maybe we'll get to actually talk to him, and what was that like, you know? I mean, when you brought Peter to the Lord like that, what was that like? What did that, you know, how did that, what did that make you... Uh, think you know what made you do that well he just he's just he's what i would call an everyday everyday christian everyday believer now there's another guy that uh that i'm not we're not gonna that's a pretty long stretch but um i'm not really gonna go that in scripture but but before uh when as soon as uh, the church was getting started you know and and the apostles were that the numbers were growing daily well, there, there arose a dispute amongst the, the, the Jews and, and, and Jerusalem and then the Hellenistic, the Greek Jews, about the distribution of goods. And the apostle says, well, you know, it's not right for us to, to leave what we're doing to minister to the people and prayer and that. And so let's appoint some guys to, uh, to take care of this. Well, well, Stephen happened to be one of them. And we don't know much about him before this, but... But, you know, it actually occurred to me that on the way I was thinking about this, uh, we had a meeting last week. This was, he was probably actually one of the very first uh, hospitality committee people. You know, very, very likely. I mean, that, that's kind of what his, his, his job was to help distribute goods, you know. So he was a hospitality guy. But what do we know about him before? We, we really don't. Uh, we, all we know is, is that he was a devout person. That, that's one of the guidelines. But before he was spoken of here, we don't know much. And then he, if, you, if you ever need to read about him in Acts, that's, that's absolutely one of the best. Uh, uh, his, his, uh, when he was talking with the Jews, if you really need to uh, 
get a history and a short, uh, concise version of the Old Testament. He gives a real excellent version of that. But he, he really made him mad with what he was saying. And so as they were, as they were in the process of executing him, you know, stoning him, this guy looked up to heaven. He says, I see the Son of Man standing. Now, something about that really gets me because that, that means that our Lord up there, he, he didn't spare Stephen from, from being executed, but he was up there, yeah, yeah, he was, he was cheering Stephen on. And, and he was, he was the, the dad that I kind of wished I'd had, you know, but, you know, and hoped that I could be with my own kids, but, but he was up there cheering Stephen on. And, and after this, after this event, we don't, we don't hear anything more about him. But you know what? God knows what he did. And God rewarded him. He has given, he's given him the glory that, that you know, a lot of people want here. But, but his, the glory that Stephen's got right now is eternal. That's an eternal glory. A lot better than what you get here. You know, you're, uh, everybody says, well, you know, like, guys, I like to go, I, I want to be a gold prospector someday, but... But uh, people are saying, well, yeah, you know, gold's worth about 1600 bucks an ounce right now. I'm saying, well, you know, that means your dollar's really not worth anything. So, so there you go. I mean, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a catch-22, but, but uh, most of the gold I'm going to find right now are probably in my teeth. So uh, <laughs> at, least, at least I know where to look for it. But hopefully I don't have to try to pan that out, I guess. But, but, um, but you know, I kind of joke around about that. But, but we, we place so much emphasis on riches and wealth here. But, but to be with the Lord, to be glorified and praised by him is far better than what you get here. But then on the other hand, he calls us to, to come alongside people. To uh, he, he didn't call us to save people, but he does call us to disciple people, doesn't he? To make disciples, you realize that's a lifelong process. That's not just, uh, oh, now you're saved. Okay, go on your merry way. No, no, that means you come alongside and you spend a lifetime with them. And that's really what being making disciples is all about. But uh, there's another guy I want to talk about. And, and this is, if you, if you really would like to uh, come to put in a little ad for Sunday school on Sundays. We have one at 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we're, we're actually in the book of uh, Revelation right now. And, but I just, we just got done reading about the, the seven churches there. And there's a particular passage in there that every time I've read that, you know, you kind of read it and read it, and then once again, it reads you. And you realize, well, here's a person that has just a he he doesn't even have a whole doesn't even have a whole verse devoted to him and yet i think god gave this person one of the greatest greatest praises that you can give anybody to be honest with you and we find this in uh, revelation 2 verse 13 it says and this is to the he's writing to the church at pergamum is it and it says i know that you are living right where satan's throne is you are holding on to my name, and you didn't break faith with me, even at, that, at the time that Antipas, my faithful witness, was killed among you where Satan lives. Now, I really don't, that, that's all the mention that we have of, I, I call him Antipas. Now, some people might say Antipas. I, I'm thinking that this was a guy, 
Um, I, I really don't, I don't, I, I just can't picture that being a girl's name. I could be wrong, but I could, I could just picture when my daughter was born that, uh, she was born at North Lincoln and, and the, the, the birthing room attendants were taking her out and, you know, cleaning up. So, so what do you want to name her? Well, I really would like to name her Antipas. And I'm, I'm sure that that would probably not go over real well. I'm, I'm kind of joking about that, but, but obviously. But I, I think this was a guy. But, but if it was a guy, I don't know. I mean, but that, that's all we really know except that the Lord says, now some versions on that say faithful martyr. Well, the Greek for martyr is martis, but it means witness. So in, in essence, Antipas was my faithful witness. In this, in this church here. He was a faithful witness. Well, that's a pretty good praise because, you know, there's, there's one other reference to faithful witness. And we find that in Revelation 1.5. And it says, and, and they're saying right here, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Wow. Think about that. There, there, I mean, that to me, that is, you talk about an every, an, really an unsung hero because really, like I say, we don't, we don't know anything else about this person, but the Lord knew him enough to give him the same name that was given to himself, faithful witness. Now, how much better can you get than that? I mean, that, that to me is just pretty awe-inspiring that, that the Lord really cared enough about this person. And, you know, he, uh, I guess tradition, the one tradition that we know of is that he was uh, put to death inside of a brass bowl and which was heated up to where he was basically cooked in there. But, but he was faithful. That's what the Lord says, my faithful witness, which means that this is true, and I know it, and there's nothing you're going to do to shake me from that. Now, we live in a world that hates Christians now, it seems like, but we will overcome the enemy by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So what I'm getting at with this is that that, you know, we, we have a town full of people that, that are really, there, there's a lot of people in this town that, that are unsaved, that need, they, they need Jesus. But we may be the only Jesus that they ever see. And, you know, you, we, we like the, the really, you know, the great, uh, uh, like, I'd, I'd like to be able to, uh, say, lay a hand on a person and have their, their legs fully restored or to lay, lay, lay hands on people and have their sight fully restored. But, you know, I think the Lord gets glory in the everyday things, just maybe providing a meal, maybe, you know, like, like even the, what the pastor's been talking about with the giftings, uh, maybe just coming alongside, being, being somebody that's there to help disciple uh, to, to keep an eye, to overlook, well, you know, you know I've, I've been there before. You know, maybe I can help with that area. Or just, just even just a kind word. You know, just a kind word is just sometimes uh, at least to let you know that somebody cares. You know, I don't know who the person was, but, but last week, you know, working for the city, I work in the water department. We have, a, we have scanner radios in our truck, so we kind of keep, keep abreast of things in case there's a water emergency somewhere. But... But last week, I, I have no idea who it was, and, and I, I don't know if anybody here knows who that was, but, but uh, somebody uh, uh, tried to hang themselves in Taft last week. Well, you know, how do we know that maybe that was a person that, 
that if somebody had come alongside of before, maybe they wouldn't have would tried to do that. You see what I'm saying? I mean, just, just that's just an everyday person that they came to the end of their rope and realized they just didn't have any hope. I mean, that's the only thing that can happen with that is that they, they had no hope. Well, I've got hope. I hope we all here have hope. You know, so we, we have a town of people that are hurting. Well, I, I believe they sur- the, that person survives, so at least they have a, have a chance to, to come to know the Lord. But, but you know, that's, that's just really sad. And then we have kids that are doing the same thing. I mean, young kids, it just seems like, like this kind of stuff is exponentially growing. But, you know, I, I, when I go around town, I just constantly see people looking at these little devices walking along, and, and there's no contact with people. You know, aside from Facebook, which the only reason I'm on there is to make sure my other grandkids are okay. Otherwise, I hate that thing, you know. It's, I mean, it's, I, I'm sorry, Jim. I just don't like, uh, I don't like Facebook. But, but it's there. At least I can kind of get some kind of idea what's going on. Um, but you get, you get to being a, this, this ordinary, everyday Christian thing. Well, you know, it, it comes to the point to where you wonder... Well, does, does God really care? You know, sometimes you wonder if he really cares. And uh, I'll have to share three, three things that happened in my life that proves to me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, proves to me that, that God cares and he wants me uh, to at least be an everyday Christian that will, will be a light to our community. And the first time... I'll share was, and Susan's here, she, you, I know a lot of you heard this before, but, but I like to hunt. Now, whether or not you, uh, you like hunting or not, that's, you know, if you don't like it, well, that's okay, you know, but, uh, you know, I've, I work with people that, that uh, said, I just don't see how you could go out there and shoot Bambi like that. And, and I say, well, it's like this. You take very careful aim, and, and they, they just don't like that. But uh, so I was out one day in, in, in elk hunting season, and it was just a perfectly nice day. And I was just, I was really having a good time. Now, I didn't see any elk, but I was in an area that's really huge, and, and just something about that where you have no distractions, you don't have any of these man-made noises and, and all that stuff where you can be out in nature. And, and I was just enjoying myself walking along and, and just as sure as shooting that I was out there, uh, God spoke to me. You say, well, how did he speak? Well, he didn't speak out loud like I'm speaking now, but he definitely spoke to my spirit. And he said, you need to go home and ask your wife for forgiveness. Well, for what? You know, well, uh, well, you uh, you have not been praying for her enough, Chuck. And he said, and the Lord said, that is your responsibility to be praying for her. She needs your prayers, and so I want you to go home right now and ask for forgiveness for that, and to make sure that 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 you do that. And I said, well, could I just finish the day out out here and and oh. Uh, <laughs> No, I want you to go home now. And so I, I, I went home. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I got to go home and do this. You know, I was kind of really pouting, feeling sorry for myself. Um, but I, I came to Susan. I, I told her I needed to ask her for forgiveness. And, well, she thought I was going to tell her I had a girlfriend. But, <laughs> but, 
she, she seemed to, I guess she seemed to think, be more relieved by what I told her. But you know, that, uh, that has stayed with me ever since that time that, well, obviously God cared about Susan. And he cared about my relationship with her. And, and he believed that I'm supposed to be the one which, which I am. I'm supposed to be continually in prayer for her. And, I mean, that's, that doesn't seem all that glamorous. It would be much, much more glamorous to lay, lay uh, hands on somebody and have them be raised from the dead, wouldn't it? But, but everyday Christian stuff, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're called to. You know, I, I believe that if we're, if, we're, if we're faithful with those things, the everyday things, that's when we're going to see the super, super miraculous things happen. I don't think it will until we are faithful with the little things. Be honest with you, that's, that's my opinion, but, you know, you can take it for what it's worth. Um, my son, we've got a grandson living with us. Well, here's another time where uh, when he was a little baby, uh, Susan and I, we were in the hospital looking at the nurse holding him in his hand, and he was a few months old, but, but quite frankly, my heart was absolutely broken at that time because when he was holding him, he looked like he was dead. I mean, he, he just looked like there was no life in him at all. And I was like, oh, oh. you know, and, and it, just, just, it just, my heart was just pouring out with that. But, but, but I know that God told me that he's, I'm going to heal him, Chuck, but his healing is not for him. It's for you. It's for you, Chuck, because I care. I care about you. I'm like, wow. You know, thank you, Lord. And now we see what we have. He's just a great kid. You, you'd never guessed that he was on death's doorstep before, but, but uh, he's just full of life. And, and Susan said the other day, he sure reminds me of Charlie. <laughs> you know, but, but, he, but, but there's an opportunity for me to be an everyday an everyday Christian, just a regular Christian that, that comes alongside a grandson and leads him to Christ. You see what I'm saying? I mean, those, are, those may seem like, like nothing. It may seem like we're small. I mean, compared to like that big star I was talking about, we are pretty small. But we're big in God's eyes. I mean, we're important to Him. The last one I want to share with you is, is another time that going through a really, I mean, we were going through a really, really a dark time in, in life. And, and I, was, I was almost to the point of uh, like just saying, well, this is just not worth it. I'm just, I'm just ready to throw it in, throw in the towel, as they might say. And I was on my way to work, and this was in the wintertime. And, and uh, you know, the, the days are pretty short around here in the winter. Most of the time, it's been like we've had for the last few weeks where it rains every day and, and that. But it, it was dark when I was hitting the work, and it was raining. And uh, as I, we live out in North Bank Road, and as I turned left on the old highway to go out to uh, 18 to come into town, there was a momentary break in, 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 the, in the clouds and rain. Well, there was a full moon there, which was kind of cool. And it was, it was really bright, but as I looked to my left... Wow, because now this is this is nighttime, but I looked to my left and like wow, there was a rainbow at night, and I went, nah. Well, I, I'm just must be seeing things, you know. But but I really pondered that all day. I pondered that all day long. Well, there was a rainbow, but then as soon as it came, the the clouds went back over and it was gone. But but I thought about that all day long, 
And so sometimes I, I am grateful for the internet. And so I went home and, and checked it out. And, and sure enough, you can have rainbows at night. They're, they're very rare. It has to be a full moon. The moon has to be at just a perfect angle for that to happen. But that's when God spoke to me. He says, he says Chuck, see, even in your darkest of times, my promises are still valid. Yeah. So remember that. His promises, his promises are valid. Now, I want to I leave you with a, a little passage from Scripture. This is in... Uh, this is in Hebrews 13, 1 through 5, and then 5 and 6. It says, Keep loving each other like family. There we go. Don't neglect to open up your homes to guests, because by doing this, some have been host to angels without knowing it, which that's what we do with the church here. When we have family promise, we're opening up our home, in a sense, to guests. Remember prisoners as if you were in prison with them and people who are mistreated as if you were in their place. And then in verses 5 through 6, your way of life should be free from the love of money and you should be content with what you have. After all, he has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. This is why we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? Amen? Amen? Well, that's pretty much what I have for today. But, you know, if, if anybody needs a prayer, I guess we can, we have people that are willing to pray for you. But, but before we do that, I will we'll close this. And so, Lord God, just help us to be everyday Christians. And uh, we, we just want to be used by you in this, in this city and in our state in our homes wherever we go lord use us even when we don't know it lord use us and lord we look forward to the time when we will be with you for eternity in jesus name amen so like i say